Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. Back in studio live. Good to be here. How are you? How you doing on a Balls McWednesday? All right? Those of you driving around out there in this scorching heat. Those of you sitting in your office cubicle trying to avoid getting caught watching the live stream. Those of you who took the day off and are doing something in your garage. And you just got the show on in the background. All y'all, welcome in. It is good to be here. We just came back from the luncheon. And, uh, yeah, it was good. Wait, my audio didn't cut out. My audio, there we go, everybody. Don't do that, old dad. It's your system. It's always your system. It's not us. Get it together. Director is verifying, just in case. Yeah, on Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. And, uh, yeah, so it was good to talk talked a, a bit with Tony Tokars. I really like enjoying, uh, I really enjoy uh, talking with him. He's a, a fun guy to uh, kind of get to know and to listen to talk about his quarterbacks and uh, every facet of their game and who's emerging as a fierce competitor. Tom and I just got done last hour at one point talking about the quarterbacks and who we thought might uh, challenge Tate. And Tony would admit that he thinks he's got a talented room and that there are guys who might do just that, Tom. And he didn't shy away from the conversation. That was cool. He never does. No, no. Uh, he, he also um, he, he's also interesting in that there's a guy that will talk to you about players who, when he gets them, where are they at in development? And he doesn't, you know, so for example, Brock is, as he said, further along than most. And so it's odd. You and I were just kicking around this idea that there's somebody there who hasn't been there very long, who is quickly elevating. And he said, well, the reason for that is because he puts himself in positions to succeed because he understands the game and what we're trying to do. Now that is high praise for a kid who's been here for one camp. But he also correctly, I think, noted, hey, you know, A.J. is a kid that his first year of playing quarterback turns out to be a COVID year. Then he ends up at IMG where they're so far superior to everybody they're playing, it's not a really high competitive league for him. And then he's here. So it's been hard for him. Yep, with a bad offensive line to work with day in and day out in camp. Yeah, that's worth pointing out. By the time he gets on the field for practice with the reps that he's going to get, Mm. yeah, walk-ons blocking. And there are better than walk-ons on the defensive line. So you've got to make decisions at a rate, I would argue, that you're never going to have to make at Florida State because their offensive line situation is fixed. 
So what A.J. Duffy was experiencing was Florida State's offensive line from 2018. It was that kind of bad in practice. But now he's going to have better players in front of him, more skilled players, so it's a more honest evaluation. Yeah, without question. And uh, basically the theme for this week and for the start of camp and for let's get it on is you have to come with it. Everybody's got competition now. Didn't have competition before. Lots of competition everywhere you look. What a wonderful thing. I said that to Adam Fuller today. I said, hey, listen, I'm going to take off my you know, reporter cap, journalist cap, and just not be objective in any way. If I just tell you as, as, a, uh, as a fan of the game and of the team and, and, and whatever it might be, the university, obviously, having gone there, it's, it's kind of like, can I just say this to you? This is so much better going to this year's camp than last and certainly the years before because I know that every segment group on a given day, let's say it's my day to watch running backs or quarterbacks or wide receivers or offensive line or defensive line, we all take turns a lot of times with this stuff. And I'm, I'm typically kind of the floater. And I would just tell you that whenever that's the case, I now know I'm watching very real competition between people who are desperate to get those reps, and that elevates everybody. And that's just fun. That's just so different than it's been. And he didn't want to, obviously, um, besmirch those that have played here previous, but it acknowledged the level of competition is going to be different this year. So that's cool. It just is day in and day out. Like you're thinking about, I know I am already. You've got three afternoon practices. It flips to morning starting next week. They go to Jacksonville for two days next week. So they go through all that. Learned a little something today. Aslan asked the question while we were munching on some food. The coaches stay in dorms too. Like they, mm. they rough it just as much as the players do. That's kind of interesting. And yeah. so he asked uh, one of the coaches, is it like a twin bed? He goes, if it <laughs> might be smaller, it's a very loud mattress. They're old and terrible. But, you know, it's just, that's the. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that they all they all go in for together, but that's one of its own pieces of pieces of adversity that the coaches want to throw at them because they don't have the creature comforts. Then they come back the following week after the Jacksonville trip, and they go Tuesday through Saturday every day, and those are the dog days of camp. There are no more two a days like the old school way of of doing things, but that's when you're going to see those kids who have what you're talking about, what you're alluding to with the competition. The kids who are consistent. When it's day after day after day, that's where you can make headway. If you're a defensive back, the third or fourth wide receiver, maybe the third running back, offensive line, any number of positions, it's, I'm ready for this to start. And you could sense it, all of them. They were ready for it too. The, um, the first thing that I'm going to be looking for is slot receiver. It's the very first thing I want to see. We certainly talked about it when you and I went over the position groups and the battles and who's going to emerge where. And we've kind of asked this question in a lot of different ways, but I think you'll know once they put the pads on anyhow, I think you'll know very quickly where we stand uh, with Winston, right? You know, whether he's ready to go or not, I, this isn't a case any longer where you, you understand like they eased him back as one would. And they eased him back into, first of all, just, just running then they eased him back to running, you know, routes. Then they eased him into wearing pads but not being hit. And they've spent a lot of time slowly building him back to where they can kind of cut off the training wheels there and say, let it go. They don't have time to continue to allow for development. That's not to say you turn your back on a guy, but you got to know right now if he's ready to play and be the guy, the guy you recruited from West Virginia who had already done it at a high level, 
if he's not going to be that guy, you have alternatives. You have guys that can fill that role and really excel, I think. But one of them's never played college football. And if he's the answer, then he's going to need to get a ton of reps before the LSU game. And I don't know if he's the answer or not, speaking of Vendravius Jacobs. He's never played in a college football game. So I think that the whole quote-unquote position-by-position segment group competition that we keep talking about, that's the one that I'm going to go look at first. Your third receiver, your slot receiver, who's emerging there, and is it Winston Wright? And if it's not, they'll know within a week. Yeah, and on the offensive line, I talked to Alex Atkins' extended video. That's what you can find on Warchan TV. All of the coaches' videos are up there now, so when we're done with the show today, maybe that's a good way to watch uh, watch those and then keep an eye on the Board of Trustees meeting in case there are fireworks there. But Alex was saying about Jeremiah Byers that they want to really fortify his comfort level at tackle first, which I found interesting and newsworthy. Um, they want him to be comfortable at tackle first before he moves him around. Now, I don't, I, I don't think that's going to prohibit them from moving buyers, but this is the beginning of the camp before – if the changes are made during camp, we basically can't comment on them. That's the that's the way of things. But Alex said that, you know, it is 100% their first goal for Jeremiah to play him at tackle, which I find interesting given the potential rotation there. And then he said Maurice Smith is far and away the starting center at this point and that Casey Roddick can – earn his way into that competition well but it's what we've all said cut and dry can snap it correct and he said that you know i've told mo i'm trying to replace you i'm trying to replace you desperately and he always is up to the challenge he says bring it on so that's where they are right now at that particular position which means that the guard shuffle gets even more complicated when you're trying to sort out who you're going to be your top two good news for maurice they have him weighing in at what was that 295 somewhere in there i think it is yeah you're not buying it, but it's well, it's, it's large it's, enough, right? Yeah, well, you'd like him to be a lot bigger, frankly, but he's got great feet and technique, and he has fought everybody off. He's had a hard time sustaining weight, but if he plays it between 290 and 300 with that technique, he obviously can be very, very effective. You'd rather have Casey Roddick, who's a, uh, a 315-pound kid who a um, little bit more what for uh, in the tank, if you will. But, yeah. my man, yeah. if you can't snap, you can't play center. So it is a done deal there. The buyer's part of it intrigues me because I have this feeling, and I've said this when we've been asked to list who what we think is going to start and everything else. I just – this gets back to this idea I have in my head that buyers will be the right tackle or the left tackle, and Harris will be the right tackle or the left tackle. So there you go. They're, they're your tackles in some way, shape, or form in my mind. And the immediate response, the retort, is what about Robert Scott? I think Robert Scott projects in the NFL as a guard, oddly, uh, and I think he's athletic enough. And I don't know, if you're just trying to get your best best five out there, maybe he's in there at, uh, at left guard. Uh, he could certainly be the tackle. We'll see. But – then the other part of that competition is, without question, Dimitri Emanuel uh, is right or left guard. But then there are other f- people fighting for that spot, too, which we already know Keandre Jones is one of those guys and Estes is one of those guys. But, you know, I, I, I just, in any particular order, Byers, Emanuel, Smith, Roddick, Harris, and then Scott, it, it gets tough. You could do the Kirchin bit. I asked Alex Atkins about <laughs> Bless Harris, and he told me yeah. uh, he – I'm glad when coaches say things that our eyes are telling us because it means that us, who are the untrained at their level, are seeing it correctly. 
But when we talked about Bless Harrison's spring, we said, and the technique has always been there. That's why he was going to start last season for Florida State at right tackle. But he looks stronger. And Atkins echoed that sentiment today that he got his strength up a little bit this spring and the offseason. So um, he continues to develop. He already was a starter last year. I think he's going to be one of the two starters. And it's just a matter of Robert Scott getting back up to full speed. That's another thing that Atkins did mention is that he's getting back to full speed. We'll see what that looks like in practice when we get there tomorrow. That Scott is getting back to full speed? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It didn't sound – the way he answered that question, I didn't – my my radar didn't go up and say, wait a minute, he's he's not up to hundred percent. Right, 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 right. It wasn't anything like that. Mm, right. But I, I think they're gonna ease him back in. It's what it sounds like to me. But you have other tackle options, and forever in a day, we did not have tackle options. And Alex Atkins threw out this other part. He says, My favorite thing in the world is to bench old guys for young guys. Now, I haven't been able to do that yet here because the old guys hold it down every season. Yeah. But I told the whole group, my favorite thing to do is bench old guys for young guys. So, I mean, they're going to push a lot of these younger players when to see you, how far they can go. When you're an old guy who's worked so hard to start and your coach tells you, yeah, I'd like to replace your ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, how how good of a relationship does he have to have with yeah. Maury Smith where two years in a row, the whole world sees I'm trying to bench your ass. And they're saying. Tiny you know, as you are. As media, we're like, man. Jeez, Maurice, what do you do? Yeah. Well, his coach tells him right yeah. to his face. Yeah, I'm trying. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. And that's what Maurice is saying. Exactly right. I ain't got nothing else. That's right. I got nowhere else to go. <laughs> I got nowhere else to go. And yet the relationship. I want your D-O-R. <laughs> <laughs> and Maurice says, hell no. I ain't got nothing. Don't you do it. Don't you do Don't it. Don't you do it. How many young people are like, what in the hell are these yep. two doing? Lose. Great movie, kids. Look it up. Yeah. And uh, he says, you're starting. <laughs> Get yeah. up. You're starting. Yeah. Every year. Every year. Yeah. It happens again. He's yep. out there. That's right. They've got the hose, the hole running in the mud. <laughs> hey, really quickly, I have a question for you just because I never asked it. Who plays more this year? Deuce Span or Destin Hill? Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Oh, what do we got here, huh? All right. All right. So, are we going to eliminate special team snaps? We're talking about offense? Yes. Okay. Here's why I suspect Destin Hill might play more. Here's why. Mike Norvell said in his press conference today about the special team stuff, he's excited to see what Deuce can do at kick returns. Okay. So, we if we don't have I'm using the context what Deuce clue, can do at kick returns. Right. Right. Not Destin. Not Destin. So, okay, that is uh, – Now, Deuce did show towards the end of spring camp a propensity to be a blocker and a selfless player on the outside. That oh, yeah. is always going to be a top priority. Johnny Wilson does it well. Micah before him. Micah Pittman is now gone. Mm-hmm. But that's got to be a part of the culture of the room. And if Deuce is buying in in that way, there was a long run in that game where he and Kentron on the right side were holding their blocks 10, 15 yards down the field. You're going to get a lot of snaps. You might not get a lot of targets. So I think he's got an advantage there over Destin. But I think if you're talking about plays designed for, passes thrown to, I think Destin might be the leader in the clubhouse right now. It's interesting. I love Deuce, and I want him to take that step forward for this team. I'd like to see him be a star. He's got a skill set and a body type that is just so unique at 6'4", 210, who runs like the wind blows. He's all these things. Never mind the fact that my man went to an esteemed football factory like Lakewood High School. I mean, that's not the bias that you think it is, but it's true. And, uh, you know. So you're on team Deuce. 
No, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I think it's going to be Dustin Hill. But I'm rooting for my man Deuce. Got that LHS blood in him. Nothing but winners down there, baby. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply show on a balls mcwednesday we'll have to read uh wetzel's column here it came out yesterday college sports leaders have always been hypocrites with pac-12 flailing in the wind it's clear everything is up for grabs yes yes Welcome it is. To the yeah. <laughs> uh, well they are in trouble out there did it just occur to you no, I think I think we have an added chapter going the uh, Apple route is the big is the Pac-12 subscription related. What the hell is that? Did you see the Thamel tweets yesterday in sequence? First one says it's an Apple streaming deal mm-hmm. based on subscriptions. Their annual payout could be higher than the Big Twelve, but they'd have to reach exceptionally high watermarks of subscriptions. Oh my god. Uh, it could make around twenty million per school. Is what they're at. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, probably follow Colorado's lead. Go to the Big Twelve for the twenty twenty four season and beyond. The Big Twelve is offering to its league members thirty one million per season. So, yeah. We're in trouble over there. So one of the schools that has been adamant in their support of the Pac-12 and the Pac- You know what? Peter Collins last night made a joke in passing. I guess it's the Pac-9 now. Mm. Just, ooh, damn. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's reality. Uh, is Utah. Utah has been because Utah just arrived. Yeah, they, well, that's correct. That's part of it. <laughs> My man keeps winning it and making Jeff Cameron some cash. I think I think they feel somewhat indebted because they just arrived to this party in the yeah. Pac in, in the terms of Grand opening, history. grand closing. But if you're an athletic director at Utah and your budget's going to be based upon whether we hit enough subscriptions hmm. with Apple TV Plus, like you have to have, if you accept this, if you're a Pac-12 school, you're going to have three different budgets based upon how many subs we sell with Apple TV. No, nah, man, that's got to be the end of that. So if Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah do follow Colorado and leave, you have Cal, Stanford, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, and Washington State. Washington has, uh, according to insiders that uh, cover the Pac-12, I certainly do not. I watch from afar. 
has made it abundantly clear that they would like to go to the Big Ten. They're over here. We're we're open for the idea of going to the Big Ten. Oregon is not going to sit idly by. They're a big boy program now, and Phil Knight is not going to have Oregon as an also-ran. They'll, too, consider going somewhere. Some folks have said, might the ACC and the Pac-12 join forces to create a league that's viable? I don't think many people like that idea. It's uh, a travel nightmare. <laughs> I know that a lot of people, not a lot of people have been over overly concerned about travel in this discussion most of the time it's it's about the economics we do know and we've talked about it that the super conferences are happening and uh you know the sec and the big 10 would prefer to sit at 16 members um but they may have to add because you could be looking at this 20 team super conference or 24-team Super Conference sooner rather than later with the way that the arms race is going and the way that these other conferences are finding themselves on the ropes to the point where one of them is going to dissolve, cease to exist. I don't think we thought we'd get there that quickly, did you? Not this quickly. Um, You never put anything past these universities and the conferences because of the way that as dialed in as the national college football media is, they were still stunned at both Texas, Oklahoma, and USC, UCLA. So these administrators at the highest level do a good job of keeping things quiet when they want to. So in that sense, I guess you shouldn't be shocked by anything. But still, this is moving quicker than I thought. Well, let's get to this. Uh, I referred referred to Wetzel a moment ago, and I'll just read this opening paragraph from his latest story on Yahoo, which reads, The Big Ten has begun exploratory discussions about expanding membership to 18 or possibly 20 teams. Industry sources have told Yahoo Sports the schools being considered are Oregon and Washington if the league adds two, perhaps Cal and Stanford if it wants to move to 20. All four, obviously, are in the Pac-12, as we just got done talking about. The discussions are in early stages. No decision, including on whether to expand or stay put at 16, has been made or is considered imminent. Uh, The Big Ten patiently waiting to see what happens with the rest of the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Um, But ballooning to 20 teams, isn't this what we said? Oh, yeah, good idea. Let's make that happen sooner rather than later and see if the SEC responds, see if ESPN responds. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that leverage-wise, Oregon and Washington don't have much. And so the Big 10, I mean, they could extend that out to these other Pac teams if they wanted. I mean, half share, quarter share. I I don't think they're going to do that. You don't think that they would go I don't for think they'd screw a three-year initial period or something along those lines, like a walk-up? Uh, I think They could if they, they wanted could. to. They could. It's petty. I wouldn't do it. Um, I wouldn't do it. They won't need to do it. I'd welcome them in and say, come on in. We got you. You worried at all that Florida State's name is not part of the Wetzel piece? No, because he's talking solely about the Big Ten expanding with the leftovers of a dissolved Pac-12, which geographically makes more sense once they already went west and grabbed USC and UCLA. That's the correct answer, because if they were having discussions about adding Clemson and Florida State, they're not allowed to do that because we're tied up beyond this year. That is correct, and this is all about the the lawsuit. Um, You know, the pending lawsuit to be (laughs) is what we're waiting on here. Right, right. You know, you don't. We we don't know if the SEC will move to 16 teams by adding Texas and Oklahoma in 2024, and then continuing to add. Right? We don't know if they'll add more and more and more, like we've said before. Um, you know, ACC 
is said to have desirable schools. We also know that everybody thinks that those schools are locked in till 2036, 2037. I don't think that's true at this point. Yes, there is, uh, there are roadblocks for all of this. I just believe that somehow or another, the TV or the the league itself or the or the teams that we're talking about are going to find a way through or around all of this. And I don't have the answer as to how. I don't. I don't know. I, but I, something tells me none of these teams that we're talking about are going to be sitting in their current state till 2036. Nope. Oh, there's no way. No. I mean, that was said last night. Yeah. <laughs> For our no, purposes they, specifically. They will not do that. And and I don't think they'll be there in 2030. And so yeah. now you start talking about, well, when do we think it is? 2024, 2025, 2026? I, I don't know the answer yeah. to that. What's the contingency plan if, uh, let's say, we put in a note or release a note to the ACC now before August 15th? Hey, man, I'm glad that you got to go to Ireland, but are we keeping that? I mean, is there a contract with uh, Aer Lingus and the, and the kickoff that that becomes a non-conference game automatically if we're in a different conference? How are we doing this? Let's make sure the important things well, are you, kept important. Yeah, if you'd like, I'll regale you, uh, you know, if you want, with my experiences in Ireland. So during week zero, if we don't have that game, I'll we just, just talk do to a, you about Ireland. As somebody special. who's been there not once but twice and has seen more of the island, I can go ahead and tell you. I don't know if I can do that for an hour. So if maybe in, <laughs> maybe in the fifteen minutes in the middle, you could talk about Jack Nicholas and Augusta. Maybe that would break it up a little bit. I could do that too. That'd be good. Yeah, in Butler's cabin. Don't forget that's that was a, in that was in Butler's cabin. Was it Bobby Jones? That was uh, right there in Butler's cabin. Butler. Me and Trey and uh, Jack and his wife, lovely wife, Barbara, we were all there. Just having a conversation, as you do, at the Masters in the Butler Cabin. You know, my favorite part's Tuesdays when we go over to Dwight D. Eisenhower's cabin. I told, we all get loose. Really, yeah. Jack? <laughs> uh, I, I had to tell Jim Nance, hey, 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 talking to Jack. It's your turn. Listen here, friend. Yeah. And slow your roll. Side note, did you ever hear that story that uh, how he came up with uh, Hello Friends was by accident? Really? He said it one day as they were coming onto the air because he, he couldn't think of what he was going to say. Like, he usually has, like, he's going to introduce a compelling element of the tournament in that moment, right? And then he just, they, they were on, and he was, welcome friends or hello friends or whatever he said. And the producer, after that day's coverage, was like, you know, you should always do that. It sounded great. It sounded welcoming. It sounded like you opened your front door. You should do it all the time. And, of course, him being who he is, he was like, I like it. A signature. That's right. Let's get the rights to it. (laughs) How can I make as much money as possible with this phrase? Like that one day you opened Master Sunday talking about the wind, the invisible but invincible intangible that is known as the wind in Augusta. How long did you work on that for, Jim? Goodness gracious, just say the wind's up. Why would ESPN pay the SEC more money for adding teams they already have the TV rights to? It makes no sense. Zero financial incentive for ESPN to do that. Right, unless you dissolve the ACC and you pick off the viable assets from the ACC to make your television product of the SEC that much stronger. And then you save $240 million a year that you're currently spending on the ACC, which is making you pennies on the dollar. Yeah, you move your money around. That's the answer to your question. And the reason you would do that is because you also want to play ball with the NBA in two years. 
You want to procure the rights for those live sports as well as MMA, as well as Formula One, as well as Major League Baseball, as well as the NHL. You move your money around and you take it away from a dying product. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Gotta let that play a little bit. It's a great song. Hey, so uh, have you ever held firmly in your grasp Uh-oh. the bountiful chicken sandwich from Zaxby's? Oh, have I ever? It's uh, it's fat. It's delicious. You throw some of the spicy Zach sauce on it, and you think to yourself, you know, I would hate to have to drive all over Hell's Half Acres to find one of these. Luckily, there are 66 Zaxby's in Tallahassee, Florida, so I don't have to traverse the earth for this beautiful thickness that I have in my hands currently. Hey, now. And, uh, and then you bite down on the chicken sandwich, and you go, you know, Jeff Cameron's show never steers me wrong. I don't always agree with those guys, but damn it, they're insightful, opinionated, funny, professional, and they're right when it comes to the food that they push on their program. I'm going to get me a giant Zaxby's today and celebrate all that is Zaxby's, a proud Golden Chief booster for over 18 years. Zaxby's and the Jeff Cameron Show make for a perfect Wednesday. Go get you a Zaxby's. There you go. That's a good concept. Oh, how did this cup appear in my hand? Would yeah, you look, at that? look at you. Look at that. It's a giant cup of whatever it is you're drinking. Oh, well, it was whatever the director is is drinking and eating. Stopping by the Zaxby's. Yeah, he, using the hookup. He brought with up, our deal. He brought up the and in some Zaxby's. The smell in the studio, but not enough to share. So I, that's kind of cruel. That's okay. We've got a relationship like that. I'm sure I'll pull a prank on him in the near future. But um, oh, he has some to share. Oh, thank you. Look at that. There you go. Oh, you want a finger? Always. Right. Hey, now. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. So, uh, yeah, listen, um, you guys, I guess, are catching up on uh, what we were talking about earlier, but it does work. It, it the Dodger the Dodger saucer the Dodge saucer sounds like a car that gets 88 miles per gallon and you get get it for 129 dollars a month the saucer Johnson project yes thank you James B yeah thank you James B indeed we had uh, we had fun we had fun with the uh, first hour there and the, the the Iowa State efforts to better themselves. I bathe in Zach's sauce, Kayvon. <laughs> so, are we are we buying the rumor? Briley says a purveyor of rumor and innuendo here on YouTube is claiming that DJX is going to get the waiver. It's on the TC. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That might have happened since, uh, like, our staff or? Well, no, he said a, uh, just a purveyor of see. I see, I see. Well, Adam Fuller was asked about that today. You can find that on our social media feed in addition to the channel. But he said, uh, until Mike tells me that Daryl Jackson's not playing, we're practicing him as normal. Sure. So, and he said, don't read into that. That's just that's how it is. I'm going to practice him just like it's anything else. You should have brought up last night while you were talking to uh, the board of trustees chair, Peter Collins, on Florida State's future, that, uh, Peter, if I may, before we sign off, thanks so much for your time and insight. I just want you to know that in 15 years, you are going to be a spitting image of Bob Hope. You should have brought that up. I'm going to assume you're <laughs> correct on that. Go, go, a lot go of people went through the Bob Hope, uh, you know, yeah. uh, generations. Not me. I was yeah. a little late on the Bob Hope. Well, team. he was around for 15 generations. Yeah, so, I, yeah, Bob Hope was old in the 70s. Yeah. The uh, yes. There's a reference <laughs> in Rocky Three, you know, when he's about to fight Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And they say, "What? Why would you do this? It's for charity." Mm, Bob, Bob Hope would. Yeah. Bob Hope would. Bob Hope would. Oh do yeah. Purchase freaking Meredith. Oddly, I thought Burgess Meredith was on the cusp of death for about 35 years because when he was young, he looked old as hell. (laughs) And I always loved him, always loved him, kind of still do, even though he's dead. And when he finally did die, I'm like, damn it, as if it was shocking that Burgess Meredith had passed. He's old and rocky. Yeah, the grumpy old men movies. Fantastic. Oh, he's fantastic. Six one-liners in each movie. Dude, there's some heartbreaking stuff going on in Rocky 1 and 2. Scene on the stairwell. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Man. Screaming his guts out. Oh, man, that's a toughie. And then the shame. Slaps him in the face the whole thing. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's, that's two. two. That's two. I'm saying that. One and two, there's yeah. a lot of gut-wrenching stuff between those two. One, when he walks away into the street in the alley because mm-hmm. Rocky's letting him have it finally, letting yeah. it all out. Yeah, letting it all out. And then he runs, yeah. and there's no dialogue. That's the beauty of that shot. He runs into the distance, yeah. turns him around, a beaten man shakes his hand and walks away. Yeah. And then it's on. Their relationship is renewed. That's pretty cool. It's good stuff. Well written. Sylvester Stallone, look at you. Once who, upon a time. Who would have guessed it? Who would have guessed it? Yeah, impressive. I don't know, but it seems like, by the way, and once again, I'll reference something I said in hour one, let them shower us with blame. It seems like lots of people would like somebody to lash out at for the demise of college football as you knew it or as they wanted it. And apparently we're the pinata right now because we're loud and obnoxious regarding our discontent in the ACC. Fine. There'll be another to replace us. It's the way it goes. That's fine. For now it's our turn just as it was in 2014. And it's fun to be this guy for now because it's a misplaced anger. We didn't cause the problems that you see now in college football but we are now in the midst of the fallout from it and you got to find a way to better yourself and almost by hook or by crook you have to do this and it's pissing a lot of people off but it's funny to watch the consternation and the lashing out the hurling of uh (laughs) words we cannot say here yeah, this is another thing where typically we'll we'll have a reference like to a Bob Hope or something else, mm-hmm. an athlete from the seventies and the eighties, and I'll have a blank look on my face and you'll say that that speaks to the difference in our age. 
I think it goes the other way when it comes to college football and the business of college football. I grew up, and I think most 30-somethings like me grew up with SportsCenter and the era of free agency. So business and sports were always in our lifetime tied very closely together. And to college football's end, I'll grant you that NIL takes this to a completely different place. It changes place. everything. Yeah, it it does. More. Today, Tokar said to me when we were talking about the possibility, Tom, of the of super conferences and having you know the Big Ten West, the Big Ten South, the Big Ten North, the Big Ten. He's like, well, then it just sounds like professional football. I was like, right, right. Exactly, right, yeah. which is where it's going. But I, I think we were prepped for this better than most in my generation because we saw the transition from the Bowl Alliance, which I can barely remember, to the BCS, which I can very much remember. Mm-hmm. And how everybody pretty much that was in the top 10 was on TV every weekend. I mean, there was a rare occurrence where Florida State's on pay-per-view because they're playing Duke. You know, but for the most part, if I wanted to watch the Knowles, ESPN2 had them because they were in top 10 in the country. ABC always had the key games of the year for Florida State, CBS, and so on and so forth. But I know that wasn't always the case before our time. I'm just saying, I think if you're probably in your 40s or 50s or beyond, you lament this more than we do in my 30s. We already kind of saw the business of the the behind-the-scenes machine working when we were kids, so we're kind of used to this. Yeah, uh, Garrett, you bring up something here that I've said a many times over, and I even said it at the time, but people hated the BCS, but the BCS was solid as hell. <laughs> BCS was solid. If it could have just been a BCS for four. I mean, it yeah. was solid. But the BCS for four is not good enough for – a one-hour television show every well, right. Tuesday night. Nobody watches that nonsense, do they? Uh, James B., yeah, I think you're right. Most of the people that are voicing their displeasure hate FSU. Anyhow, that is true. I think that's true. If you're a behemoth in the sport, and Florida State has spent some time uh, being dormant <laughs> amongst the behemoths. We're in the back room. We got the den. We didn't get the penthouse, but it's time to retain the penthouse. Kick somebody's ass out down there to the den. I'm tired of being over here in the den, sleeping on a couch. This is not getting it done. You, get out of here. Get out of here, Alabama. Go back down there, wherever it is. Um, You're always going to be a target, but you want to get back to being a target. On and off the field, you're going to be a target if Florida State is headed on and off the field where they want to go. They'll very much be a target, as are all those other programs at various points. The difference this time around for us is if people hate us, it won't be because of the football team or the coach. In 14, last time we were relevant on potentially the scale that we could be relevant in the college football discussion this fall, that team was not likable. That team was not likable. We loved it because it was defiance. Yeah, not tonight, haters was the theme, right. sure. Uh, well, But I, this group is easy to fall in love with, I think, in, in terms of when Florida State football is on the television this fall. And you've got Coach Norvell. He's the one that's on the dais. He's likeable the one answering cat. the question. Yeah. At questions. Jordan Travis, who is now very likable cat. And a hell of a lot more comfortable in front of the microphone Correct. for the interviews on college game day and mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. And Jared Verse, how do you not love that kid when you get an extended interview? Oh, I could hate him. him if I rooted for another team very easily. Uh, on the field, but the interviews, you're going to love the kid. I'm just saying we play very yeah. positively. Oh, I, I love camp. Jared Verse. I'm just saying I could certainly see if I didn't root for Florida State and to watch him talk incessantly would get very old. I think it gets old with his teammates. I think they're like, okay, man, it's hot as balls out here. And after every play, I got to hear, can we just have a play in which you don't yell at me? I could see that is all I'm saying. It's almost as hot as a brand new batch of Zaxby's fries. <laughs> Amazing how warm it is. Uh, did I miss a break? Because if not, 
I'm ready to roll on into some probables, baby. You got to be happy with your New York Mets. I am. Yeah. They've told it. They told the world, no boss. Now, it didn't work out. The, We're gonna make sure the Houston freaking Astros win again. Yeah. Uh, Could have done without that. There's a lot to unpack. You want to go into five minutes about it, or we just no, say I'm, I'm generally minutes. speaking happy. Yeah. Just not the Astros. Come on, man. The, the only thing is, they say to Max Scherzer, they don't want to compete next year. I'm hoping that was just to get him to. You know, pony up and remove Sign it. it. Sign it and move on. That's right. The no trade clause. Wave it, and then let's go get Otani. Mm. Uh, Power Mill, by the way, your, your sponsor here for this uh, segment that uh, I love. And I want to thank Power Mill. They jumped on board at the start of baseball season. They're right here with us right now, kicking ass, taking names. Equipping and motivating athletes focused on baseball and softball with the specific tools to reach their true potential. It's a long about way uh, or roundabout way of saying, look, man, your kids want to have fun while they're playing. Well, one of the best ways to have fun is to be pretty good at what you're doing. That's always more fun than sucking at what you're doing. And so when you go out there and you play and you play well to the best of your ability because you have some fundamentals to you, it's a more fun game to play. And Power Mill, Power Mill will make sure your softball players and your baseball players do exactly that. It's a good thing. Cue it up. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? I figured we might lose today after winning last night when they started Eduardo Rodriguez and we started Osvaldi Beto sucks. What's his name? Osvaldo Beto. Garbage ass. Sounds about right. Angels Braves, Lucas Giolito, Yanni Chinos. Braves are just pasting. The Angels today, it's 12-4. to They hit a home run every minute. Pirates are down, as I mentioned a moment ago, 6-2. Milwaukee in the Nationals. Let's go Nets! Wade Miley throwing for the uh, Brewers. They lead 2-1. Good game. Come on, Nationals. There's still hope. Mackenzie Gore going for the Nationals. Guardians-Astros. Ooh, that'd be a mismatch. Although Cleveland is up 2 to nothing. Tanner Bibby and uh, Ronel Blanco. Padres and Rockies are warming up, kids. Nick Martinez, Kyle Freeland. We got the Red Sox and the Mariners. Cutter Crawford from AT&T Mobile Park. Logan Gilbert going for the Mariners. Just like the Mariners uniforms. I really do. I like them. Always have, really. Solid color scheme. And yeah. I like that the Kraken played off of it. Yeah. Like the Kraken's uniforms. Yep. Phillies, Marlins, Zach Wheeler, and Braxton Garrett. Did you see that the Seahawks are also rolling back and going to the old school for a few oh, games this year? Oh, good, good, yeah. good. I wish we would play them and we could be in the creamsicles and they could be in their Steve Largent uniforms, and there we go. Yeah. Rays, Yankees, Shane McClanahan. McClanahan! Garrett Cole goes for the Yankees. He's good at baseball still. Orioles, Blue Jays, Grayson Rodriguez. You see this will be a good matchup, kids. Twins, Cardinals, Joe Ryan, Dakota Hudson. Joe Ryan sounds like a fake superhero name. It's just Reds, Cubs, Brandon Williamson, Drew Smiley, White Sox, Rangers, Dylan C's, Dane Dunning, Mets, Royals. Sanga time! Let's go, Sanga son. That's the one out of five. Heyman Quintana. I'll watch those two out of five for the yeah, starts. Good. Cole Reagan's going to be pitching for the Royals. D backs, Giants, Slade, Sacconi. Logan Webb. A's Dodgers, Hogan Harris. Hogan Harris cracks me up. Anybody call Hogan today? We need a fourth. 
Tony Gonsolin is going to pitch for the Dodgers, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Man, I do not envy my son. He's got football practice today at 345. Woo! So my apologies to Hogan Harris, brother. That's I forgot to yeah, do that. There you go, yeah. We're in. Got to get that in there. They did. Uh, yeah. You know, you live long enough to have kids and get old and remember when you played and that you hated putting on pads when it was 98 and humid and you thought to yourself, I don't – I don't, you know, do I love this game? Do I really love this game? Because that's what you're going to find out about yourself when you throw one on pads in Florida. That's what you're going to find out. How much love do you have for this here game? Do you miss it? I don't know. I don't miss playing. I miss the locker room. I miss the players. I miss the camaraderie. I miss the games. I don't miss the practices in any way, shape, or form. I don't miss. We used to have to lie down in the tall grass to do leg lifts after the run to start with calisthenics. And the laying down in that grass with the itchiness on your arms while it's 100 degrees mm-hmm. and you'd hold your face mask to lift your legs and you'd say, this is nonsense. My friends are watching the Flintstones and eating a bowl of cereal. Yes, they are. And I'm out here getting after it. At least in this phase of your life. You could be a part of something as fun as a war chant. Yeah, tonight. Chant, tonight. I'm only going to be there briefly, so you guys want to get in there early. The rest of the staff will be there the whole time. Uh, but I, I got things to do. That but was it's, in Jeff's rider in his contract. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to have an ask war chant anything from 7 to 8. Members only, so it's on yeah. the tribal council. Yeah, you're not There's a member. Link. Get a grip. Get your ass off the couch and become a member. Good work. Peace.